All This podcast is brought to you by All This International, supplying your expert AI and digital transformation staffing needs across the US and Europe. Today, you are listening to our AI in Action series, where leading minds in AI from across the world share their story, success, and advice. AI in Action cuts through the hype and explores the true impact of artificial intelligence in our world today. You're listening to AI in Action. I'm your host, JP Valentine. Our guest today is Mike Salem. Mike is an Associate Director of Data Science at Gilead Sciences. Mike, welcome to the show. JP, thank you so much for having me. Pleasure to be here. Yeah, we're delighted to have you. So, Mike, let's start with yourself, please. Could you give us a bit of an overview of your journey in technology, particularly in the area of data, where you got started and some of the roles you've held along the way that's taken you to where you are today? So, in, in college, I studied mathematics. And in, in grad school, I studied supply chain and production systems with my advisor. And I always had inkling and the desire to go into the industry. I never really wanted to be in academia. And I ended up graduating in 2008, which in the U.S. was the height of the crash. And I went from thinking that I was going to hopefully work at a, a semiconductor factory to looking for any job. Once I graduated, I eventually found a job with a company that was a government contractor that used to do ground control station for unmanned aerial vehicles. And when I interviewed for this job, they had asked me questions like, have I ever done computational geometry or have I had any experience with computer vision or artificial intelligence? And I hadn't. And I went, got a book on C++, taught myself C++ in a matter of a couple of weeks, came back and got the job. And from there, the first project I worked on actually was a, a project where we were looking at bringing UAVs into the national airspace. So how do you actually show the location of a vehicle in space that's too small to carry a payload, you know, some sort of a GPS cord and puck or something like that. And uh, my first project was to go outside with a laptop and two Iridium modems, hook it up and actually call my cell phone. This is the early stages of smartphones in that kind of era. Actually, it's even before it. And I went outside and called my phone and I was just like, this is the coolest thing in the world. Right. And I knew right then and there I wanted to dive deeper into tech. I worked there. I started taking courses in artificial intelligence and self-driving cars, eventually moved to San Francisco. I worked for a small startup, went and worked in finance, did a bunch of data engineering and some DevOps work and some some data science as well, doing convolutional neural nets into tech education for a little bit, worked as a data engineer for a while at an AI healthcare startup, then worked as a data scientist in analyzing people behavior. And now I'm in my current role here at Gilead, where I'm the Associate Director of Data Science for Quality Assurance. And it's, it's been a wild ride. It's been very nonlinear, but it's been a great journey that I wouldn't trade for the world. Yeah, nonlinear indeed. I appreciate you sharing that because it really helps demonstrate that you're not set on a defined path and you can pivot based on interests and opportunities. So you touched on it there. You're now an AD of data science at Gilead Sciences. We want to jump into your role and your responsibilities in a moment. But first, for anyone listening who's not familiar with Gilead, tell us who you are as a business, what you do, what's the mission? Yeah, so Gilead is a biotech company that's been around for over 35 years. And one of our, our flagships and one of the things we're really known for is, is having first-in-class and best-in-class HIV medication. So prior to some of our solutions, having HIV was a death sentence. And thanks to the work of all of our scientists and the other good folks around the company, we've been able to produce medicines that will allow you to live a long and healthy life, essentially living with HIV 
where you can take a medication once every couple of weeks or a couple of times a year, hopefully, or something like that. And, you know, eventually just go about your day and live long, healthy lives. Uh, additionally, we are working on other areas besides HIV medication. We worked with the remdesivir where we were doing COVID treatment before the vaccines were out. We also have this for liver cancer. We're also branching out into oncology as well. So it's a really exciting time to be at Gilead. And it's, it's a great time to be around some very bright minds. Yeah, very impactful drugs on some really kick critical treatments. Um, can you describe your role then as the an AD of data science with a specific focus on QA? What does that mean? What are your primary responsibilities and what sort of data science is at play within your organization? Yeah, so that's a great question, JP. So what my role is as the Associate Director of Data Science for Quality Assurance is I'm really looking at a lot of our quality data. So from the pharmaceutical manufacturing space, right? So as we're developing medicines that we're releasing to patients, right? What are some of the areas where we can look for improvements, let's say? So a lot of times when you're, you have what are called basically these standard operating procedures, and then from there you have things like how to invoke those procedures, right? So we typically call those things like work instructions. Now, within those, those items, what we typically do is if you have to follow things a certain way, if you don't, there are areas which are called deviations, essentially, okay? Which means that you've made a mistake in the procedure and now you need to rectify it, right? So we have this information that you have to track and keep a hold of, right? So we look at analyzing some of this information to glean insights, to under, uncover patterns, look at trends, and we look to just overall improve the efficiency of delivering our medicines, the impacts in the around quality, right? So we look at defining metrics and, and monitoring for improvements, looking for areas that can potentially be enhanced with different types of technologies, with different types of techniques. And yeah, we partner with the rest of the business around that to support them and see how we can make everything better. Mm -hmm. Given your background, you've worked in several different industries utilizing so many aspects of AI. Now you're focused on using data science and AI to ensure the highest level of quality with really critical biotechnology and life sciences. What are some of the things that are different and also what's similar in terms of the approach for somebody who has no prior background in life sciences? What could you tell us about some of the differences and similarities doing the work that you do? So this is probably not going to be very popular, JP, but I tend to believe it's all very similar. The reason I say that is I believe most problems are solved problems, right? And it's just a matter of where do you go and look for them and how do you understand them? And I got a good example of this actually in grad school. So in grad school, we used to work a lot with the semiconductor factory, my advisor did. And we had one of the folks in there and we were having a conversation around one of their manufacturing, their fabrication plants. And it was a room full of industrial engineers. and Somehow there were some chemical engineers that were that were in the room, right? And they were they were laying out the design of the factory and explaining it to them. And the industrial engineers were, we don't really see what's going on here. And the chemical engineers just turned to them and said, Can you turn that graph sideways really quick? And you're like, sure. So they turned it sideways and they're like, oh, this is just an oil rig. We know how to optimize this. And they immediately just went through the problem. And this was something that was plaguing them for weeks or months. So to get that kind of exposure early in my career, I thought was really interesting because I was like, wow, this means that the applications or the techniques really do cross a lot of the boundaries, right? And, and they're used in a lot of different areas. And what you have to realize is how do you generalize those techniques? How can you bring those techniques from one area to another? So really what it is, it's looking at your problem and looking to see, are there other problems that are similar to your problem? And if there are, then 
how were those problems solved? And how do you leverage those techniques in your problem? So for me, I feel like a lot of the techniques you learn, especially as a mathematician, that's where we focus. We focus primarily on the general, the kind of the abstract, right? And then it's really just going and digging through and finding use cases of where are these components and these techniques used. And I think that's great because whether you're working in analyzing human behavior or you're doing UAVs or you're doing finance or you're, you're optimizing medicines or making things better in your processes, the techniques all kind of are the same. It's just, do you know how to use them in the correct way? So I think it's really exciting. You are listening to the Aldis Podcast. When you're looking to scale your team, or if you are interested in showcasing your company in a future episode, reach out today. Or if you're in the market for a new role, visit our website to view open positions, www.aldis.com. Mike, I'd love for you to now describe the team there that you oversee from the overall size, the various positions involved, and what it's like working on a particular project. Give us a look behind the scenes and help us visualize what it would be like to work in your group. Sure, yeah, I'm happy to do that, JP. So my, my team is relatively new. I'm relatively new into this role over here. We're kind of in the process of developing the team. And our team is really focused on kind of two areas in, in particular, right? So there's the monitoring and reporting, and I call that kind of the first area. And then there's the analysis and the prediction, which is the second area, right? So when we talk about the monitoring and reporting, what we're really focusing on are what are the important aspects? What are the important features, the important metrics to capture, to help the business, to help our employees, to help our patients? How do we define these in such a way that they're meaningful, that our leadership can then look at these metrics, have nice visuals that they can understand quickly and intuitively, drill down into that those components and get interactive results. So that's one of the major areas that we're focusing on. The other area that we're really focusing on is that investigation that analysis and prediction, right? Which is now we got tons of data. We got all these problems. We got all these things that are kind of all over the place, right? How do we start making sense of that? How do we start bringing that together in ways that we haven't thought of before? So a lot of times in both scenarios, to be honest with you, the approach is very similar. What it usually is somebody either reaches out to our team or we proactively go out and talk to other teams and just ask, and just have conversations, right? We don't go looking for a, an application to a problem or looking at a particular technique that we want to use. We just want to sit down with folks and just understand, hey, what's going on? How's your work going? And then slowly we peel back down yet a little bit, right? Which is so... What are some of the things that have been making it challenging for you lately? And a lot of times they'll say, oh, this little thing here or there. And then from there, the conversation can shift, right? And now we go into kind of more of a listening and questioning mode. So now we start to talk about why is that the case? What can we do to help with that? What are some of the things that you're looking to do? Tell me how it works in an ideal situation. And we just take all this information in and we don't promise anything. We don't deliver anything. We don't communicate anything really back but we just gather this information. Then we usually get back together and we start having conversations internally on our team. This is a problem that we're seeing over in this area and in this area. This is an opportunity for us to do something differently here and here, right? So then we kind of bring that back and we brainstorm around that and formulate that. Maybe we'll develop a quick POC and bring that back to some of the folks that we discussed and say, what does this look like to you? Do you think this would be useful? What about this kind of an approach? What do you like about this? What do you not like about this? And then just snowball it from there. 
Love it. A really clear and easy approach to follow. Um, Mike, I want to spend the remaining minutes we have talking about what's next, not just for Gilead, but for your team as a whole. Given you're now in the role, you've got a better understanding of what the responsibility is and the impact you can have for Gilead. When you look at the next 12 to 24 months, what are you excited about to work on with your team and what sort of growth do you expect to see? I mean, JP, if you want to talk excitement, I've never been more excited anywhere I've ever been. I think the opportunities, especially within the quality assurance space, I think are, are bountiful, right? My team has no shortage of work, right? There are so many great opportunities and so many things that we're innovating on. We're trying out new techniques that, are, that have never been used before in the industry. We're bringing in new tools. We're bringing in a new methodology and a new framework. And we have leadership that's behind us and supporting us and providing us with this platform, right? And encouraging us to keep pushing forward, to keep developing, to keep questioning and iterating and perfecting things. So it's a very, very exciting time, I think, on, on, on my team. And um, this summer, actually, what we're looking for is we're actually looking for a intern to come in and join us. We had a couple interns that were here last year that did some absolutely fantastic work. And I think this summer, what we're really looking for is maybe somebody with a machine learning engineering bent to them, somebody who understands data science, but has a lot more of the software skills as well. I think these people are going to be able to come in and I think they're going to make a huge impact right away. And I think it's going to be great for everybody involved and especially for our patients. Final question for me then, Mike, just a continuation to what you've been discussing, regardless of level, whether it's an intern or strategic hire, when you're speaking to candidates about the work, the mission, the environment at Gilead, what is it that you tell them that gets them excited enough to join your team and Gilead over some of the other great companies hiring? So I, I think what makes Gilead and my team so special, right, is we're helping to cure disease, right? Whether that's curing HIV, curing cancer, right? That's a great mission to be behind. And to me, that was something that really resonated with me and, and why I've been such an advocate and so passionate about this space. I think that's just a, that's just a wonderful reason to do it. Now, when it comes to my team, why you would want to work with me is I look at everybody's as an individual. I don't look at, I want 15 data scientists copy paste. I want 15 data scientists with very different backgrounds, with very different perspectives, with very different upbringings, right? With very different mindsets. Because I think that having that diversity across my team allows experts to emerge. It allows people to leverage different areas. It brings in and promotes great discussion. And then as a leader, my job is to make sure that not only do you develop your pillar of expertise, but that you get to collaborate and learn from everybody else who's an expert. So you end up being an expert in essentially everything, right? So that's what I think really gets me excited. Mike, thank you so much for coming on today and talking to us. Great to learn about your own background, the very journey, the exposure to, to some interesting industries, um, but an incredible insight into where you've landed now at Gilead and the impact that you're having. Excitement and enthusiasm is is what stands out here, and that can be infectious for those around it. It really speaks to the cool work that you're doing. So we wish you the best of luck. We wish you, your team, and everyone at Gilly, uh, good luck in the months and years to come, and look forward to having you back on the show. Thank you so much, JP. Pleasure to be here again, and thank you again for your time, and thank you very much, everyone. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Aldis Podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. We are available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and any Android podcast of choice. 
You can also head over to our website, www.allthis.com to listen to more podcasts, view our open roles, and stay up to date with industry news. Thanks for listening and stay tuned for more great episodes coming very soon.